Welcome in to the Prep Baseball Report California podcast. I'm your host, Les Lukacs. We've got another loaded show for you this week. I'm going to be joined by Blaine Clemens, our NorCal scouting director, as he's going to review some of the top guys he's seen in the last week and preview a little bit of what he's got coming this week. Then we're going to take you inside the dugout with Corona Panthers head coach Andy Wise, talk about his players and their schedule so far this season. Then we're going to wrap things up with San Diego area scout Jack Shannon as he takes us on the San Diego swing, reviewing some of the top uncommitted guys in San Diego he has seen in the last week. Stay tuned for the loaded show here on the Prep Baseball Report California podcast. Welcome back to the Prep Baseball Report California podcast. I'm your host, Les Lukacs. Kicking things off today will be our NorCal scouting director, Blaine Clemens. Blaine, busy, busy, busy week for you last week. Four games, lots of guys you got eyes on. You know, how are you doing, man? You recovering? Are you gearing up for another busy week? <laughs> yeah, we're already we're busy, busy at, but I man. feel like I kind of feel like I joined the baseball world. We've been duck, ducking the rain up here. I know you have as well. Uh, it was just beautiful weather last week and uh, took took advantage of some days to get out and see a couple big time matchups that didn't end up being awesome matchups. So the teams were good. And then I saw an individual pitcher on another day and then I took a trip out to the East Bay to see a, a junior right hander that I had. I had been told about and was considering for our upcoming pro case, which we can talk about that in a little bit. But yeah, Les, uh, last week there was a couple of Jesuit games on the schedule. You know, we had we had Jesuit pumped up real high in our preseason rankings, I, and, and I, it doesn't look great at this moment as they got waxed by De La Salle, seventeen nothing, and they got beat by St. Mary's out of Stockton five to uh, five to two. I want to say the following day. Um, I still feel good about them long term, but uh, they've got some kinks to work out. Um, that that matchup though at De La Salle, which was their first game of the year for for Jesuit, De La Salle had played a couple games. You know, my my excitement level was going to see Kyle Harrison, the junior left-hander for De La Salle, which I know you you've seen Kyle down there in the area code um, under class, and and then seeing him match up with a couple really strong senior right-handers for Jesuit and Cade Pilchard and uh, Carter Benbrook, and De La Salle looked like a team that was seasoned and ready to go and had been playing top competition for some time, and they they came out and um, they were aggressive, they were good. Uh, Jesuit was uh, playing what looked like a first game of the year with a lot of excitement and, and uncharacteristic, uh, very sloppy baseball, um, forced their pitchers into a lot of trouble. But I don't even know, uh, had they played clean, that they could beat uh, the junior Harrison less. He was uh, he was as good as advertised, and I'd seen him before, 87 at the low, up to 90 on the bump. It's a quick arm. He's uh, He's got a really nice breaking ball. He's a, he's a baseball kid that pitches. Um, just fun to watch. And I, his, I think he, what, struck out eight and four innings in a short outing because they were up by a million runs and gave up gave up a single uh, infield single to the very first batter of the game um, that actually had their starting shortstop in available. Um, well, he actually, he was available. But he came out with a, a bit of an injury. Was, uh, he sustained in the first inning. And outside of that single, uh, I think it's a, it's a no-hit effort for him. So, um, But anyway, you know, we came – out to see him again the next day. And again, we're, we're taking a look at these Jesuit guys. Last we're seeing uh, Anthony Susek on, on the second game, the junior or the sophomore right-hander. And he was up to 91. Got a great arm, got good stuff. Uh, but the youngster uh, showed some youth and, and uh, you know, was nibbling on the strike zone a little bit in a, a scrappy St. Mary's team and put a four run inning on him in the, in the fifth inning, I believe it was, or sixth inning. And so Jesuit left the week. Owen too. 
Yeah, and, I, and as a result, you know, they 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 saw their 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 ranking in our Power Twenty Five dip, and but still, like you said, long term, I think that's a team with the talent they have on there that'll pull it together, and they're going to be just fine. And you know, while you while you were up traversing the Northern California area, I was you know down kind of covering the SoCal area, and I got out and saw Thousand Oaks make the short drive over to to uh, Oaks Christian there in the, in the uh, Ventura County area that we talked a little bit about last week and mm-hmm. you know a couple of 2021s that really stood out and you know guys that that will certainly see uh, their 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 personal individual rankings climb and our player rankings. Uh, Max Muncie is a 21 shortstop at thousand Oaks. And I mean, this kid's just electric playing. I mean, he looks the part already six one. Uh, he's probably about 170, 175 pounds. Looks pretty physical, a uh, strong kid, nice kid came over and introduced himself, shook my hand, said, hello. Uh, you know, just, a uh, uh, just a ball player, right? I mean, you watch his actions defensively and you're really impressed at the plate. Didn't have much to show for it. Uh, you know, he did have a strikeout, uh, but, uh, you know, he's aggressive at the plate and, and put a couple of good swings on the ball. They just ended up in the in the outfielder's gloves. And then on the other side, there's another 21 I saw that I was pretty excited about, and uh, a kid by the name of Eldridge Armstrong, uh, who we have ranked in, in our class of 21 rankings, who will probably see a bump. I mean, we're talking just – freakishly athletic uh you know he, he didn't have much to show for it at the plate but uh you know he was 481 uh down the line on the turn long strides picks up a lot of ground um you, you know he did make a, a little bit of a mental mistake on the base paths costing him an out costing his team an out but you know, he's long lean he's, he's really strong wiry strength uh there's more in there as the arm is is pretty good in the outfield uh he'll probably play somewhere on the infield or in the corner outfield he was DHing in this game uh so only got to see him uh play third during the uh the pregame warm-up there uh but he's got some present bat speed and you know he's he's another guy that's hovering around that six foot mark and you know probably about a, a buck 65 a buck 70 just a, a really really uh intriguing player moving forward and then, uh, you know, you, your busy week continued and you, and you saw a couple other players uh, uh, last week that uh, that had you uh, had, had you writing notes fervously. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was, you know, sometimes we let these big matchups lead us. And, and we've talked about before games with multiple known kids in them. Uh, and those are those are fantastic. And they are a little frantic for us as we're we're gathering video. We're scratching out notes. You know, we're communicating with people around us. Um, but then I took in a game on Friday, uh, kind of close to home, down in Novato. Novato is one city south of where I live in Petaluma. Uh, their head coach uh, at Redwood High School was coming up to play Novato High, and he had tipped me off on on a sophomore right-hander of his, a, a youngster that he's you know he's high on for his future, and, and he gave me a good report on him. Um, undersold him a little bit, I think, and that was on purpose. He said, "Hey, Blaney's a good arm. I think he's got a chance on the road. He's got some things to work on. But this young man's name is Ben Cohen uh, at Redwood High and Larkspur down there. He was up to 88, and he sat comfortably in two innings around 85, 87. Uh, Breaking ball's a a pitch he's still learning. Uh, How about this? Last, I talked to his father, and I noticed that the breaking ball was something he didn't really have great feel for, right? It was slow, kind of a roller uh, of the first four or five he threw. It was only one of them was in the strikes, and the other ones were thrown like a kid just kind of learning it. But he had an above-average changeup. So I'm talking to the dad. He says, yeah, he's just kind of been the old school way of uh, he's learned the change of his whole life. He's just now as a sophomore learning the breaking ball. Like that used to be the norm, right? Like that's 
that's how it went uh, for, for pitchers. That's how it was preferred to go, that we could always pick up the breaking ball, but the changeup is a harder pitch to uh, master. At least that's what I see that out there. I see kids with better breaking balls and changeups. How about you? Yeah, no, I agree with that for sure. I mean, you see, you seemingly see kids throwing breaking balls earlier and earlier nowadays. And, you know, you're right. I, I, I agree hundred percent with that. You know, it's, it's not, it's not very common to see a kid that has really good feel for a changeup. Uh, you know, at least not until their you know junior year, maybe their senior year of high school. But yeah. uh, you know, you you could see a freshman or a sophomore with a really good breaking ball and just very average to below average changeup, no doubt. Mm-hmm. So that was a good look at him, and and we'll keep him on the radar. And he again, he's got a ways to go. He's he's got to get that third pitch down. Uh, he's got to throw more strikes to the fastball. But heck, we're talking about you know sophomores, and we don't need them to be uh, Sandy Koufax today. We just uh, we see what they are, and we'll we'll see them develop and. Uh, no doubt we'll see him down the road. And then there was one more player I went out to see another coach had given me a, a tip on a guy as we're trying to build our pro case up here on uh, on June 9th uh, with some of the better, not some of most of the better 2020s in, in the region. Uh, there's a there's a right-hander at Washington High in Fremont named Kyle Kyle Bratsett, and he's uh, headed to San Jose State. He's a big, strong, physical-looking, almost country-strong strong farm boy-looking boy, uh, kid. And he was uh, he was firm. He was up to eighty eight. Uh, he was touching eighty seven in uh, in the sixth. So this is a good arm, long arm action. I got a couple breaking balls. Um, competed, uh, I think, through the full seven in a game that went extra innings. So again, he's a little raw. Um, there's some things for him to work on. Long long arm action. He's not terribly difficult to see for the hitters, but uh, certainly competitive and a strong kid. And you can just kind of see that easy long arm action just continuing to uh run the velocity up there probably turns into a, a good sinker slider guy down the road because he did flash the slider slider feel so it was a good look too so again two games where i had a good coach who, who we trust uh knows what players are doesn't oversell them to tell me you know a, an 87 88 guys you know that he's 90 91 when when frankly they're just not right and and i went out and saw both kids and was was pleasantly uh uh happy with what we saw um and yeah, I love those games. We're just going out to see one guy and he turns out to be everything we want him to be and maybe a little better. Yeah, yeah, I love I love that that note you said there, right? That the coach didn't uh, you know oversell him, and 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 neither did uh, uh, you know that I I love that part because the same thing happened to me. There's a kid I've been hearing about quite a bit, uh, you know, down here, uh, and, and you know by all by all accounts, just a really good player. And I you know checked in with his coach, and he says, yeah, you know, he's got a chance, and you know he didn't oversell him whatsoever. You know, the kid is a 2021 Michael Easter uh, over at Arcadia mm-hmm. High School. So I went out and saw them on Friday uh, against Burbank, who had their own little 21 uh, shortstop by the name of Ryan King, who is a guy that that we'll be hearing about here later uh, uh, in in the future. But Mikey Easter, man, this kid was as advertised. I mean, it's a left-handed bat that you know has some power in it right now, uh, albeit a little bit inconsistent power, but. I mean, he's he's short to the ball. He's long through it. Uh, you know, he, he he's got a really really good feel for the strike zone. I mean, he's not chasing pitches. Uh, just a, a really athletic guy. I was talking to his coach before the game, and you know, I said, well, you know, this is what I'm hearing about him, and and, and you know, what do we got? And 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 he he just kind of got a smile. He's like, unless he's my best catcher, he's my best first baseman. He's my mm-hmm. second. He's my second best shortstop. He's my fourth 
fourth best outfielder. And, and you know, he just kind of was going down the list. And it was really funny because, uh, you know, Michael Easter, he's a he's a right, he's a left right. Uh, he'll probably slide over to shortstop next year for Arcadia uh, once their senior moves on to APU. Uh, but, you know, last week just kind of seemed for me, at least like it was the year of the 2021s or the week nice. of the 20, week of the 2021s, because in addition to those three guys, you know, Oaks, Oaks Christian has a, a shortstop, Gianni Horvat, who's a 21, really slick fielder, uh, you know, above average arm, uh, smaller frame, but he's got some bat speed, uh, really good instincts for the position. Uh, you know, they, they got another sophomore second baseman, Austin Dudas, uh, you know, kind of the same slick fielding mold, uh, you know, bats at the top of the lineup, uh, good feel for the barrel. Uh, and, you know, then obviously Ryan King, the kid I mentioned at Burbank, uh, moves mm-hmm. well, really good feet. So it just seemed to me like it was the year or pardon me, the week of the 2021s uh, last week for me. Uh, you know, I did get eyes on, on a couple of uh, 2020s, uh, you, you know, potentially as, as invites to our our SoCal Pro case and you mentioned the NorCal Pro case you're having on June 9th you know we're running ours on June 8th and uh, you know, it's going to be elite, elite uh, level players there. Uh, we're, we're looking at 30 to 35 players from each region, uh, really driven uh, and trying to cater to the MLB scouts once it's done with once they're done with the 2019 draft. A few days before that, they shift their attention to the 2020 class. And mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we decided on these dates just because it's right after the draft and it gives those guys an opportunity to uh you know, be done and put a bow on that class and start moving on to the next one. And, you know, we're, we're fortunate. We, we have at least in SoCal and, and knowing your roster in NorCal, we've got some guys that are, are high level draft consideration guys moving into next year. Oh yeah. This, these are going to be a blast. It's going to be like the, I don't know. It's not, it's not our super bowl of, uh, of the scouting year. You know how, how scouts just love draft day, right? That's, that's the culmination of their entire year's work. Well, for us, we're not drafting players, but in, in a sense, when we come upon, when we create events like this and, and we traverse the state and we see events and, and we do our due diligence, we are putting together uh, what ends up being kind of like our Super Bowl. And we get to see these kids all in one setting. And, you know, whether it's a Chase Davis here, um, you know, I know you, I'll let you talk about some of the guys you're excited about down there or Kyle Harrison. Um, you know, I'm actually just really excited as I look at this roster less, a lot of these kids, we knew, um, we had seen them, whether it was an area code game or, or something uh, high caliber like that. But I'm looking at the roster, some kids I've got coming on June 9th up here. And I see a lot of players that we laid eyes on, uh, at our, at our showcases, uh, last summer. Um, some of them were invite only, some were a regular, uh, open showcase, but, uh, you know, I look at an Omar Placencia. A uh, catcher who's just uh, registered, um, and we've invited. And I see an Isaac Aon, a right-handed pitcher out of uh, out of Buchanan. Uh, I see a Kenny Desell, who's a tooled-up outfielder at Vacaville. Um, we've got uh, the players on there. Uh, Trevin Crowley is coming. You know, he's a wiry, whip-quick arm, uh, shortstop, right-handed pitcher out of Hillmar. Um, you know, so I saw uh, Michael Mugan. You know, these are some players that you know they're going to make a name for themselves in their in their junior years and, and going into their seniors. But a lot of these kids, we, uh, Ryan Pierce. Um, a slugger from Clayton Valley. These are guys that a lot of these guys we saw on our show. Andrew Neal, who I just, you know, I love the bat of Andrew Neal, freedom high school left-handed hitter. And uh, that's part of what we do, right? Our showcase, we're going to find a diamond uh, in an open showcase. We're going to see players in an invite only, whether that's uh, an I, you know, an ID prospect uh, showcase or, or a barrier open showcase coming up. Um, this roster has got kids that we knew of uh, were name brand type kids. And, and they, 
they're excited to come and we're excited to see them. But I'm also jazzed again about uh, seeing kids that we've seen in our showcases. Yeah, we you, same thing down here, right? I mean, we we had a couple of these guys at, or you know, several of these guys at, at our showcases. You know, Chris Aldrich from, from Notre Dame High School was at our underclass games last summer. Uh, Devin Ornelas, uh, Dalen Reyes, uh, the, the these guys are, are guys that we've seen for a while. You know, for us uh, down here, we got a couple guys coming up from San Diego and Jordan Thompson and Trevor Tishankel. Uh, one guy I'm really excited about having there is, is a catcher out of El Toro by the name of Paul Skeens. Uh, you know, he's an Air Force commit, Blaine, but this guy, mm-hmm. the bat is is beyond real. Uh, you know, the catch and throw is is excellent. In my opinion, he's, you know, one of the top two or three catchers in that class. Uh, one of the other guy, two or top two or three catchers in that class uh, from the area, Garrett Gillimet is coming. Uh you know, uh, a guy you may have heard of, George, Jared Jones, uh, the number oh, one yeah. Player, yeah, yeah. <laughs> number one player in our 20 class is coming. Uh, it's going to be just a really fun weekend. Uh, you know, for me, we're, we're going to have, uh, you know, Shooter Hunt's going to come down and come to the one here in SoCal. Then he and I are going to hop on a plane and fly up and be at your event up there and uh, just, you know, take it, take it all in because it's going to be, you know, a who's who. And many of these guys we'll see later in the summer at the Area Code game. We'll certainly see them at the tryouts, uh, you know, but we'll see them at the area code games. And, you know, some of these guys have have come to us, like you said, through our top prospect IDs, through our 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 underclass trials, through our uh, uh, you know, uh, various events that we have, uh, coming up, but, you know, a lot of these guys have never been to a PBR event either. And mm-hmm, I think that's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, what separates us and makes us unique is, you know, you, you, you don't need to be, uh, at, you know, a hundred different events of PBR events, or even a single PBR event to be recognized as one of the best players in our state uh, and get invitations to, you know, some of these elite level uh, events that we're putting on. And that's certainly the case with this. These two events are, are definitely going to be elite level events. And, and you know, and that, that's a good, it's a great point. Cause you know, part of, in the springtime where we're not running events and we're not, we're not doing that. We're doing our job as scouts and, 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 that's how a lot of these guys are coming coming to us. We're actually seeing them play. They know we're in the stands watching them. They, they see the write-ups. Their moms and dads know. Their advisors know. They know that we're out there grinding and we're boots on the ground and we're seeing them and we're putting in the time to actually put our eyes on them to appreciate the things they can do and also understand the things that they're still developing, right? Like I talked to uh, Chase Davis's father yesterday out at the game. Uh, you know, he's, he's the 2020 outfitter at Franklin High and one of our nation's very best outfield prospects in the 2020 class. And, you know, we communicated getting into this event. I'd, I'd seen Chase play, but I saw his father over there in the Arizona sweatshirt and, and hack. That's where uh, Chase is committed to. And, you know, we chatted, I shook his hand, he gave me a hug and uh, we talked and, you know, I just know that he was, you know, he had read the report we wrote on him from a game against Buchanan a couple weeks back. And, you know, Chase had a tough night that night and we acknowledged some things that he may have been feeling that night, whether it's some excitement or some jumpiness or what have you. It didn't change his talent or anything like that. He just had a tough night because kids can, that can happen. And his dad had read it though. He, he made a reference to the report and said, yeah, he's a little more relaxed today. Wasn't he Blaine? And so that means that told me he had read everything that we had written and, and he wasn't upset. And he's like, Hey, that's just, you know, kids get excited in certain environments. And, uh, but anyway, I think, I just think that that presence were, that were, we're out and we're doing our job as baseball guys. It's starting to resonate and uh, it's a lot of fun. Yes, it, it certainly is. And speaking of being out and doing our jobs, where are you heading this week? Uh, this week I have some specific games. So, so yesterday, again, I was in Elk Grove seeing one of the first uh, 
Delta League games, which is a power conference up here, and seeing Franklin against uh, Kasumnas Oaks yesterday. So I'll, I'll have a report coming up on a, a right-hander for Kasumnas named Cameron Walty, uh, who will be at our pro case, um, a right-hander going to St. Mary's. Um, today, later today, if we can, you and I can stop yapping with each other, which I feel like we could do this all day. Um, I got a, a, a targeted game. We got a left-hander, Connor Zerpe, one of the best seniors uh, in the state, going to Oregon State. He's on the mound today. Uh, I got to double check that. Obviously, things can change, but that's the plan. And he's going against a small school, uh, two small schools, Woodland High, and they're playing Dixon High. And they've got a, a 2020 left-handed pitcher and outfielder, last name of O'Neill, that I've been contacted about, and I've been asked to come out and see. And, and I've got good reports on him from some people that I trust. So I'm going to go get a targeted matchup there today. Um, and then the rest of the week, I, I, I think I've got to sift through a bunch of emails because now I'm starting to get it, you know, on a daily basis. Hey, are you coming out? Hey, this is happening over there. So I kind of piece it together day by day. We do have a little rain coming back. Unfortunately, um, it looks like, uh, tomorrow and Friday might have a little bit of that. So I gotta, I gotta plan accordingly. So I don't have a firm plan beyond, uh, beyond today. How about you? Yeah, we have uh, we have some games are being moved. I actually just got a text uh, from a coach saying, telling me that they're moving their game uh, from tomorrow to today. Uh, you know, the rain's coming back, it looks like. But, uh, you know, the Trinity League is well underway. Uh, they started last week. So I'm going to go check out Jay Sarah and Servite tomorrow. Uh, and, and then uh, probably going to go see uh, Mission Viejo uh, today. They're playing Tesoro. Uh, I, I might head out there and then, you know, down here they do uh, the, a lot of games at Angel Stadium. Uh, there's a couple of games there today. Fountain Valley's taking on Marina uh, mm. and El, El Dorado is taking on Yorba Linda tonight. So it's a little double header, uh, two for one action there at Angel Stadium. So I'm probably going to head over there to check out those two games uh, before uh, or at least one of those games before heading over to uh, uh, maybe check out Modern Day tonight uh, and see see what's going on with the Monarchs. But yeah, busy, busy week. Uh, you know, we, we will be out in, in full force and, uh, you know, Ryan posted his games. He's going to be out and, and we'll have uh-huh. Jack Shannon on here a little bit later. And I'm sure he'll be out, uh, you know, covering a lot of games along with Steve Doherty and Russ Morgan and, and Devin up in your area. Just uh, just getting the state covered, man. Got to blanket it, right? Yeah, I think Devin's going to try and head out today to see that Monta Vista de la Salle game once Josh White, senior right-hander for, uh, for Monta Vista, who's going to Cal's, one of our better pitchers. And uh, Harrison's back on the mound today, so uh, their their coaches had both you know hit us up to see if we were coming out. So you know that's that's going to be a lot of fun. The, the coaches, you know, the head coaches of these schools want us out there, and they want to show off their teams, they want to show off their town. So uh, we're trying to get out where we can, and, and people, please keep contacting us about good matchups, under the radar kids, all that kind of stuff, and we'll do everything we can to, to lay eyes on these guys because you know we're building rankings less, right? We got one coming out here pretty soon. Our 2020s are, are coming up, and we've been trying to to bang this out and put these kids in some sort of uh, comprehensive, uh, competent order. Um, always a challenge for sure. But, you know, you mentioned you're coming to the pro case up here and you're going to see yours. You and Shooter are going to have eyes on, oh, shoot, almost 70, 60, 70 of our, our state's best juniors. And, and when that next ranking comes out beyond that, you'll have had uh, apples to apples, right? That'll be a blast. 
Yeah, that's what I'm really, really excited about. I mean, we're, we're going to have, like you said, probably 60 to 70 of, you know, the top 100 players in the state at these two events. So that's really, really excited, uh, exciting, excuse me, uh, for me, for you, for, for everyone involved. Uh, but you're right. I mean, we, you know, we get the opportunity to, like you said, compare apples to apples and see where these guys fall, fall in line because, you know, the rankings are always subjective. We understand that, you know, the, the audience understands understands that for the most part. Uh, but you know, when we can say, Hey, we, I saw this guy on one day and that guy on the next. And, you know, then we get to compare those guys, obviously when they go up against each other at area codes as well, you know, it's just, it, it, it makes our jobs, um, you know, that much, uh, that much, you know, more enjoyable when you're able to compare mm-hmm. notes on those two guys, uh, you, you know, kind of head to head, if you will. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm really excited about all of these events and, and this, you know, this, the season coming up the, as we, uh, approach here, kind of the, the end of the first month here, at least in SoCal, and you're, you're coming in on the close of your first month there in the high school season. Uh, but, uh, you know, Blaine, you got, you got anything else you want to add here? No, I think we covered quite a bit today. I just, uh, you know, want people to know that we have multiple events for different age groups and different caliber players. And, you know, if you don't, if you, if you ask to get into a, uh, invite only, maybe we haven't seen enough of the player yet. We don't know enough, you know, attend one of our open showcases. We pay as close attention to those kids in the open showcases as we do to any of the invite onlys. Um, we treat them all the exact same. We're out there looking for players. We're looking for kids who stand out. We're looking for kids that are giving their best. So uh, we've got a menu of uh, upcoming events. I know you got a few more coming online later today. Uh, I'll be working on putting a few on the calendar for later in the summer and, and early fall. So, you know, just to get in this mix of kids we're talking about and get in the mix of our PBR culture, you know, we, we do have we do have events for kids all the way from seventh graders through, uh, you know, through seniors in high school. So um, put yourself out there for us and we'll do our best to uh, to see what you've got and, uh, and just keep this thing moving. Yeah, no doubt. Well, Blaine, I appreciate you taking some time as usual uh, to chat with me and. Uh, you know, we'll, we will uh, we we will certainly be be grinding it out here this week and next week and the rest of the se- rest of the year. I mean, because baseball year round seemingly in our state. So, so Blaine, again, I appreciate your time, and uh, we will be back uh, next segment. We will take you inside the dugout with Corona Panthers head coach Andy Wise. Uh, and until next time, uh, Blaine, I really appreciate it, and we'll uh, we'll catch up soon. All right, Les. Welcome back to the Prep Baseball Report California podcast. I am excited to take you inside the dugout with 10th year head coach at Corona High School, Andy Wise. Uh, Coach Wise has a long and storied history uh, in the game of baseball, played baseball at Santa Ana College before moving on to Long Beach State, where he pitched in the College World Series during the 1993 season, uh, winning a Big West Conference championship. Coach, you're in your 10th year at Corona High School. I want to just say, hey, thanks for joining me. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. Hey, no, thanks for having me, Les, and uh, I appreciate what you do, and so do do all my colleagues. You guys do great work, man, so thanks for having me. Awesome. Yeah, well, thanks for being here. So, so Andy, you're you're in your 10th year there at Corona, as mentioned. You guys made it to the CIF Finals in 2012 and in 2017. Uh, you know, a lot of guys would be satisfied with just getting there, but I know knowing you, you know, you're, you're eager to win that, that thing. And it looks like, you know, you're the talent on your roster this year might give you that opportunity. 
Yeah, no, we are more than happy to have just been there. I know that sounds terrible, but it's great because the comp, the the competitive level division one CIF finals is ridiculous. Those playoffs are crazy. Um, so to get there is just a huge honor and yeah, we'd like to finish. We lost to a couple of really good teams and hot pitchers. So, um, that's kind of how it goes. And yeah, we do. We like our, uh, we like our roster and we're a semi young roster in the fact that we'll for the most part, be back here next year doing it again. So with, with most of the same guys. So yeah, we like our chances this year and, and of course down the road as well. Yeah. You looking know. at your, looking at your roster and having seen you guys play a couple of times here in the winter and then at early goings here this season, it's just, it's, it's really junior and sophomore uh, heavy, if you will. You, you do have a, a freshman that, that I'm really high on who we'll get to here in a little bit, but I mean, you do have that senior leadership, you know, and, and a guy like Kiki Wallander, what, I mean, just watching him over the course of the last year, you know, he, he's clearly, you know, an emotional leader for that team. And, uh, you know, how does that carry over into the dugout and into practices and, and, you know, how, how much do you rely on him to be that, you know, that senior leader? Well, that's an interesting thing. You know, we've had a, I wouldn't call it an issue, but I'd like to see our team be a little more go-getter-ish, like getting after it instead of being so laid back. Um, and that's Kiki. Kiki is laid back. And it, it, like I said, it's good and bad. Um, bad in the fact that I'd really like to see us push more, but at the same time, we stay so calm and comfortable and just kind of play the game and don't get rattled whether we're up, down, don't quit, any of that type nature. So um, it has its ups and downs, and it's just not my style, so it's just taking some getting used to. Um, it's been effective so far. Learning, you know, we're still learning. It is what it is. Kind of a, we're going to come to a mutual agreement on this as coach and players here because I think they got more in the tank. That's my opinion. So, <laughs> you you have a couple of juniors, actually three juniors that that we've been following here for a few years now. Who, uh, you know, guys just just are really really good players. And and Michael Flores and and Daniel Cruz and and Isaiah Green, you know, those three guys make up a pretty good nucleus there of junior players for you and you know what what can you tell us in terms of their advancement their progression uh you know i know Cruz being uncommitted which is you know a little bit of a head scratcher for those of us that have followed you guys for a while he's just a really really athletic outfielder um you know what can you tell us in terms of uh, of where they're at this year and you know how they've progressed wow um each three each three guys have really progressed heavily. They've done a great job. They work so hard. They're three super good athletes, incredible athletes, but totally different players altogether. Um, Cruz uncommitted. I kind of understand he's a little, a little loose. I call him floppy a little bit and, and he's just so long and he's really putting himself together and he's not going to be long and floppy for much longer. Um, and, and, it, and it, he looks really good right now. We're really excited about Daniel Cruz as, as uh, somebody, somebody's going to get lucky and snatch him up. As you said, uh, Michael Flores might be the best athlete we've had here. He's unbelievable um, all the way around. He's a hard worker. He's figured out how to work when you're as good as he is. And same with Isaiah Green. Sometimes you just, you don't think you have to work, um, but they understand there's a, there's a goal they want to get to a ceiling. They're trying to reach. Um, and we're trying to lead them in the right direction to do that. They've worked extremely hard and they have progressed. Uh, Michael on both ends of the ball, he's done such a great job on the mound and he continues to look to, to try to get better. And that's, that's a big deal. Cause he's not, I call it, I don't want you to be the king of Corona. Don't be the king of Corona. You're so much better than that. There's bigger fish to fry. 
Um, so, you know, let's, let's push, let's get better. And, and they really all three have, and there's a few, you know, we got a couple other three guys that are juniors in that same class that are pretty dang good. Ramsey Fierro and, um, Daniel Rodriguez is going to become eligible today. We like, you know, we like to see him get back there. Uh, Josiah Garcia has done an amazing job for us on the mound and in the field. Um, man, it's been, it's been fun with that class. It's a good group. It really is. Yeah, then, then we move down to the the sophomore class there for you. Daniel Perez, I mean, this guy's, you know, you, you told me about him last year when I came to see you guys opening day, and, you know, you were pretty excited about him. And then, you know, sure enough, the guy, you know, smokes a double into the gap as a freshman. He's kind of like, okay, I can, I can see why he's so excited about <laughs> You know, he's a pretty good athlete in his own right, is he not? Yeah, no, he, he's amazing. That same thing, that national classic last year, he hit third for us. He took, you know, pretty big time lefty oppo off the tree over there at El Dorado. Um, pretty impressive guy, like very impressive, uh, incredible athlete was a running back on the football team, you know, last year and, uh, scored all their touchdowns, but one as their running back, just dominating on the freshman team. Uh, started short for us at third last year. We've moved him over to third just because we got another guy that's equally as good. And, and Perez will pitch and has pitched. And I'll talk about that in a second. Um, but man, he's hitting third again for us. And like you said, a sophomore. And yeah, we've, we love him on the mound as well. We just got a couple of guys that are a little ahead of him right now. Um, but he's gone up against uh, Jay Sarah and Riverside Pauly and gave us two amazing efforts, you know, really amazing efforts both times. Uh, giving up the one run to uh, to Jay Sarah to put him back over five innings. He, I believe he's only walked one guy and punched out about 10 or 11 guys um, and given up only singles in his 11 innings of two starts. So real impressive guy on both sides of the ball, uh, really pushing him to be better in the classroom because if he was a little better in the classroom, he's not terrible, um, but we need him to be better. He would be a super hot commodity and, and he'll get there because he's going to do that and he's trying. So good, good dude, good, incredible baseball player. Yeah, another guy who, who's going to be a pretty hot commodity. That's a good segue. Thanks for for saying that. Is your freshman Andrew Walters? Uh, you know, you told me about this guy out at Palm Desert, and you said, "Hey, just keep an eye on this guy for a second. And, and and sure enough, I mean, it was just like, wow, this kid is is good, uh, and has got a chance to be really, really good. Uh, you know, freshman guy uh, played. Uh, he was playing second base there uh, in Palm Desert when I saw him, and and then he went yard and and you know smoked a couple other balls and i mean you got to feel really good about what you're getting out of him so far right absolutely you know he, he is he's kind of a specimen at the plate you know he's going to have his, his ups and downs on both sides of the ball on the bases and all that type of stuff being a freshman um but really a special bat like you said it, it and man as he's going to progress because nobody wants to work harder than that guy as well we got a lot of hard workers and he's right there as far as working on swinging your bat man he is committed to being you know as good as anybody on, on doing that and so, yeah some incredible pop um hit another home run the other day um man when he's feeling good about it it's he's tough he's tough and he will take his lumps but yeah special guy he's a middle infielder might end up being on a corner somewhere third or first just he's gonna grow he's, he's a, like i said a physical guy he moves around real well um but i'm just saying that bad is what's gonna get that guy uh paid absolutely yeah, no doubt. So you talked about the hard work, uh, Andy, and, and that just seems to be the case with everybody in your league, right? I mean, it just seems to be kind of that attitude of, hey, we're going to outwork people, we're going to work our tails off, and that just seems to kind of come naturally with 
all teams in the Big Eight League, which I think is, I mean, it's one of my favorite leagues to to follow just because of the quality of baseball in it. And it just seems like the longstanding coaches and obviously the players make that league what it is. And, and what's it like, I mean, to coach in that league? You've got I mean, Coach Parcell at Norco, Coach to Trinidad, you know, over at Santiago. You got a couple of new coaches, newer coaches, I should say, in the league with Coach Billingsley there and with Coach Madrill. Uh, but, I mean, guys that have been doing it a long time, right, and that bring a bevy of experience. I mean, what is it about that league that just makes it the quality that it is? Well, it is good baseball. It really is. First and foremost, it's good baseball. Um, and and once again, just as you said, you got some coaches that have been here, and there's been a lot of wars and battles, and that's exactly what it is. It's a war and a battle every game. There's no freebies. You could be the last place team or the first place team, and you can't come lightly um, at all, or, or you're going to walk away a loser that day. And that's kind of a great thing about it. You can never give up. You're never out of it. You never have anything locked up. Um, it really is. These are neighborhood kids for the most part. It's Corona. It's kind of a small, big town almost. And you, know, you got Norco, North Corona. And then you got Santiago, Centennial and Corona right here. And Roosevelt is really Eastern Corona for the most part. Um, and then King who's a, the oddball, the group being out there in Riverside, but uh, great program, great teams. Coach Madrill is not new to this league because he left the league um, when JW North used to be in the league. And when they won it in 2011, JW North won the CIF championship. They were in the big eight. So that's kind of how dirty the big eight is. It's, it's tough. Yeah. And I mean, one thing, one thing I, I really liked about the league is, is you're right. I mean, it's just, it, it, it is kind of that neighborhood feel to it. I mean, just kids that have grown up with each other, uh, playing right. against each other their entire lives. And so let's shift gears over to your schedule. And, and I know that just in, you know, just in talking with you during the fall and the winter leading up to the season, I mean, you do not shy away from playing anybody, which is one of the things that, that really, really attracts me to you and your program. I think it's just, it's awesome that you guys will play anybody and, and, and everybody and, you know, anywhere, uh, you, you know, what, what's that, you know, what's the, what's the mindset there? I mean, is that just kind of a preparation for the grind that is the big eight, uh, or is it just like, Hey, in order to be the best, you got to beat the best sort of deal. A little bit of both, you know, uh, in order for us to, like you said, to be the best, we got to beat the best. Uh, we want to see where we're at as far as our, our, as, as far as we're prepared. Are we prepared? Is somebody going to show us something that we are unfamiliar with? Um, do, do I get to show the boys, the players that, Hey, look guys, we are prepared. You know, we don't, there's no reason to shy away from any of this and we don't, and we don't, also like get up like, Oh, we're going to relish the big game against da, 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 because really once again, they are all big games. And I'm trying to train them with that mentality because once again, we're really trying to win the big eight. And if, if we do that, that have that, try to have that same juice, that same energy um, against everybody, non-league, no matter who it is, um, that's, that, then I, I like our chances. And that's kind of the goal right now with this group. We're so talented I want to find the balance of energy, focus, you know, getting over mental mistakes, whatever the case might be, just so they can be the best they can be. And, and I, then I really like our chances. 
Yeah, and then you talked about it a little bit earlier with, you know, the National Classic last year. You guys are in the Boris Classic this year. I mean, those are two of the bigger tournaments here in, in Southern California. And, and, you know, that obviously helps continue what you're saying, right? It just gets you guys more prepared for that second half of the um, of the Big 8 season there. And, and so what are you looking forward to this spring uh, with that Boris Classic? Uh, you know, what are you hoping to accomplish there? I mean, I'm assuming the answer is going to be to win the whole dang thing. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, what, what, are you, what are you hoping to accomplish for, for your players? Some of your younger guys who, you know, may maybe haven't been in that sort of environment just yet. Yeah, that, that once again, we're just I say it, we're doing it one way. There's only one way to do this. So it doesn't matter if we're at practice, we're at the Boris Classic, we're playing against Santiago or Centennial, or we're in the parking lot because it's still going to be 90 feet, 60 feet, six inches. There's going to be three outs, four balls, three strikes. The rules are the same. So. We're going about it one way. So I guess really the goal is going to be is to not see these guys deal with this big time environment. It's just one way, man, one way. That's it. And I'm going to hammer on you in practice because this is how we're going to do it. And that's it. So I, I don't, there's nothing I'm really looking like we really want to get this or that out of it. Of course, the repetitions, we want the great competition. Um, we once again, want to see where we're at. We want to improve off of anything, take anything from another program that we liked or the way a game went, something they did. Um, And then, yeah, like you said, take that into the back end of the league and go try to win the big eight again. Yeah. And and that one way that 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 attitude or that ideology, if you will, I mean, what's that rooted in? I mean, obviously you played under some really good coaches and you coached with some really good coaches, Don Snedden, Dave Demarest, Dave Snow. Uh, you know, you were around Mike Weathers, Rousey, Yogi. I mean, these are some big time names in, in Southern California baseball. And is that kind of where that, that ideology, if you will, kind of took root? Dude, you're bringing tears to my eyes. Those are all my people right there, man, for real. Um, yeah, no, thank you for saying all that. Cause like, like those are my people. Those are my guys. I really look up to them. I appreciate everything they've done for me. And therefore, to be honest, how can I let these people down by not doing it right? By not going about it the same way or the way that, you know, was taught and passed down, you know, from, from greatness to, you know, putting it out there for these people. So that's all I'm after less. I'm really just trying to represent my folks and, and do it right. For real. Well, coach, it, it, it's working for you. You know, certainly worked in 2012 and 2017, getting you all the way to Dodger Stadium. And it looks like this year or, or next year with this roster that you have, it could potentially, uh, you know, have that same result. And I just want to thank you for coming on. Uh, thank you for being a part of the podcast and, and wish you nothing but the best of luck for the rest of the season. Hey, I appreciate it, Les. And like I said earlier, man, you guys are great. You do great work, all you guys. It's very much appreciated in the baseball community. And and thanks for having me. Keep doing it. Thanks, Coach. Really appreciate that. We'll be right back with Jack Shannon to review the San Diego Swing. Welcome back to the Prep Baseball Report podcast podcast. I am joined now by San Diego area scout Jack Shannon. Jack's been busy on the trail down in San Diego County. Jack, you're covering everywhere from, you know, North San Diego County, dang, darn near down to the border here in the last week and 
got eyes on a lot of different guys. And, you know, how, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm getting to see a lot of parts of the city that even I haven't been to. And I've lived in San Diego County my whole life. So it's been a lot of fun. And I think I'm up to 23 teams seen now. So the list is growing and the list of players is growing as well. So it's getting pretty exciting and a lot of fun. Yeah, 23 teams. That's a that's a pretty good uh, month's worth of work there for you. Let's let's hop right into this. And uh, you did get a chance to see Santa Guido Academy and and their left-handed pitcher Nick Sando, a Santa Clara commit last week. Tell us a little bit about what you saw from Nick, and then you know the matchups that he had. Yeah, I saw a quality lefty with some good stuff. Uh, nothing overwhelming with the fastball in terms of velocity wise working 84, 86 in the first two innings, and then more around 82 to 85 the rest of the game. But uh, a lot of swing and miss on the fastball. Got some natural cut to it, along with a big cutter that acts more like a slider from my vantage point. But there was a lot of swing and miss going on. Um, Definitely at a higher rate than most pitchers around that I've seen. So it's always a good sign when you see a guy with maybe not the big fastball, but he's getting swings and misses from quality hitters. Yeah, and he had a pretty interesting matchup there uh, during the week. And, and something you and I were talking about is kind of when you see these D1 pitchers going up against D1 hitters. And, and uh, you know, tell us a little bit about what you saw there. Yeah, I think that's the most important part for these D1 pitchers is you look at the opposing lineup and you see nine guys um, and you want to know who's, who's moving on uh, to play college baseball and where exactly. So when you see a D1 pitcher, I look for a D1 hitter and, they played Santa Squall, and they have Elijah Jackson going to Kansas State. So that's the highlight matchup, and I want to see how he attacked him and uh, you know how it went in the three, first three at-bats. Um, on the day, Elijah went one for three. He had a weak ground ball back to the pitcher, uh, ripped a single to left field, and then Sando struck him out in his third. So a little bit of a wash in terms of if you were going to say who won or who lost, but pretty evenly matched and definitely got some swings and misses from him, but also left a fastball out that got punished. Yeah. Those matchups are always intriguing, right? I mean, cause it's, it kind of, it foretells what you're going to see in the future a little bit, right. With, you know, for both of those guys, I mean, for the pitcher and for the hitter, for the pitcher, it's okay. How do I attack this, you know, division one caliber hitter. And, and for the hitter standpoint, it's, you know, how do I go after this, this division one pitcher who's getting swing and miss with the fastball. And, and like you said, has that natural cut to it. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, scouts are always going to be looking at how you're doing against the against the best. You know, you gotta you gotta beat the best to be the best. So if you if you had eight strikeouts against eight hitters that aren't going to be playing after high school, and the one D one guy went four for four with four singles, um, it's it's still not going to look very good from a scouting standpoint. Yeah, that, that's a great point. And later in the week, you got over to what I consider to be one of the premier matchups of the week, which was Coronado traveling to Montgomery High School. And Coronado features a trio of uncommitted players that are, are all pretty exciting players. They're all sophomores. Uh, you know, they all bring different things to the table. So why, why don't we start with those three guys? And, you know, let's go with the guy who was, who was probably the biggest uh, you know, certainly is the biggest physically and, and potentially could be, you know, have the biggest upside. And, you know, that that's Kyle Finn, the outfielder for Coronado. Yeah, big guy, very big. Uh, 
six, four, 200 pounds, I'd say, uh, running around the outfield with huge strides and long arms covering them, covering a lot of ground. Uh, the speed was about average, but I think the, the strides and the reach and, and that athletic ability, uh, makes up for a lot, a lot of it. And, um, I could see him playing anywhere in the outfield and I could even see him slotting in at first base. Yeah, you know, you talk a little bit about in your report, you know, the, the barrel contact, uh, you know, uses his long arms to generate power, uh, shows, you know, really good coverage uh, of the plate there. Uh, what'd you see from him at the plate? And is there anything that you saw from him at the plate that, uh, you know, might, you know, intrigue you from a projection standpoint? I, I just really like the plate coverage he had, um, as a former pitcher myself, when I see big guys like that, I go, okay, well, he's, he's got the arms and, and the body type to cover the outside corner. Um, and if are his hands quick enough to get to the inside pitch and they looked, they looked like there was some, uh, bat speed and hand speed there to, to get to the inside pitch. So, um, I think he, as he develops and grows and learns as a hitter, He's uh, going to be become a very uh, serviceable hitter because of uh, because of his play coverage. Nice. We'll move move it on. the The other twenty twenty one uncommitted uh, there for Coronado is infielder Toby Brown, and Brown's a guy we saw at the LA Open uh, last fall for us, and, and we saw a bunch during scout ball uh, up here. and And he's a guy that uh, I'm I'm a big fan of I think that the bat is is a tool that could potentially carry him to uh you know the next level in college and and you know he's he's an aggressive uh third baseman and 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 you know he's kind of aggressive in everything he does wouldn't you say Yeah aggressive a little uh, a little twitchy at that too in a in a in a stocky build um big swings not getting cheated looks to be uh looks like he's got a pretty good eye um, confident at the plate. And I kept hearing that out of the dugout, a lot of guys saying, you know, referencing the high T drill, like a bit of an inside joke with the Islanders team. But, um, what that tells me is he's a, he's an undersized guy and he's working on hitting the high pitch. He's working on hitting the high fastball. Um, and I saw that in the game too. He wasn't letting that, um, letter high fastball go by. He was trying to get after it. So, um, you're seeing a sophomore hitter working on, a pitch that is becoming very popular uh, at all levels in baseball, the high fastball. Yeah. And I think, I think the power kind you know, there's, there's some projectable power there. Uh, you know, he is listed at five, nine, one seventy, And, and, you know, I don't know how much more he's going to grow, but you know, you, you mentioned the stocky build, but there appears to be some strength in the body. Do you, do you feel that way as well? Yeah, I think um, he coils really well. And I think he's getting the most or uh, getting the most out of his body. So, um, the, the power is there and I've, we've seen some home runs on Twitter. So, uh, as a sophomore, he's, he's starting to show. Yeah. And the last guy from Coronado of their trio of uncommitted guys is uh, Luke Maloke. And I'm sure I'm, I'm butchering that last name. I apologize, Luke, uh, you know, right-handed pitcher, 2021, a uh, big bodied guy again, right? Another six, 390 pounder. Yeah. He was another, uh, a big dude on the mound and uh, that, that's what he was listed on the, uh, roster. But I would say he was, uh, even bigger. I think him and Kyle Finn probably match up pretty well in terms of size. Uh, but another, 
impressive pitcher in terms of as a sophomore, uh, six innings, one run, working very fast, very efficient, pumping the strike zone, throwing a curveball, change up, you know, the kitchen sink, and um, looked like he knew what he was doing. There wasn't a sophomore deer in the headlights look to him. He was out there competing um, and doing exactly what you want to see from a young pitcher. Yeah, he, he, Coach, I know Coach Cummins spoke very, very highly of him when we had him on the podcast last week. And uh, over on the other side for Montgomery, they have what, you know, what may be, uh, you know, one of the top, actually, we, based on our rankings, consider him to be one of the top uncommitted 2021 arms in the entire state. And that's Victor Lizarraga. He was a kid that kind of burst on the scene a little bit last summer. Uh, and, and what did you see from him, uh, that, that really, you know, kind of got you excited about what he, he brings to the table and, and what his potential is for the future? Yeah, I was extremely impressed. Um, he was beyond his years in terms of his style and, and the way he was attacking hitters, um, 84, 87, uh, we, we've heard it's, it's been up even higher too at, at 15 years old, but extremely confident and of all the kids I've seen, no one looks like they've been having more fun than Victor was having with pitching. I mean, he was on the mound, flicking the ball up and down, getting, waiting for the hitters to get in the box, literally trying to throw as many strikes as he could. I think he was getting mad when he was throwing balls, um, just having fun and, and going right after hitters and, and working quick and picking the first and bouncing off the mound, picking up teammates. He had a, he even had the only RBI single of the game, just a from a makeup standpoint and from, you know, he just, he's a natural. Yeah. And it, I, I liked what you, what you told me. I, I know you and I spoke on the phone after you saw him and it just a lot of energy, right? He bring, he brought a lot of energy to his team, to the game and, and just, and while having fun, which is something that we don't see too often. Yeah, definitely. You know, this, this didn't look like when you watch some kids in high school, you know, it looks like it's game seven of the world series and they're free agents and they've got everything on the line. And, you know, if they don't succeed, it's, it's, it's game over. But for him, it, it just looked like it was a, a sandlot game. And I'm not saying that in a negative way, just, just, a, just another day at the yard with the boys, um, having fun on the mound, but mechanically wise. And from a scouting standpoint, very smooth, uh, arm swing is, is, is uh, easy and free. Uh, I could not going to be surprised in a couple years when I hear that he's throwing low nineties. That's not going to, that will happen. Um, the curveball uh, has a lot of potential, very good spin and break, but um, he did have con uh, trouble controlling that. Um, there, there was a little heavy glove side pull. So he had a little bit of an issue uh, commanding that pitch, um, definitely something that is fixable even in the interim, but something that he is going to have to master and develop um, as he's going to need a plus secondary offering uh, in college and in professional ranks. Nice. Well, that, that's a nice little recap there of the San Diego swing last week. Some of the guys that stood out for you, Jack, and where are you headed off this week? Uh, we got an interesting one today with Rancho Bernardo. They're ranked fourth uh, against Carlsbad coming in at number 10. Um, Carlsbad's kind of uh, sneaking in there, 
there's a lot of talent there, but people weren't sure how they'd perform. And so far they are, they're doing well, mainly thanks to uh, shortstop uncommitted junior Thomas Begisi, who is hitting 545 with three home runs and two, uh, two doubles. Wow, that's it. I uh, just just five forty five. Wow. <laughs> yeah, just a casual five forty five. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that, hey, the the alma mater there, man. That's got that's got to make you a little proud, huh? Yeah. Well, I was a San Diego guy, but oh. Carlsbad's right up the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mistake. I apologize. Uh, wh- where else you headed this week? Yeah. Well, we uh, league is opening up for East Lake and Bonita. So they will be taking on, I believe, Wednesday and Friday. I'm going to be planning on getting down there on Friday. So a little bit of a rivalry regional game for them with some uh, uh, obvious talent over at Eastlake and at Bonita as well. Yeah, you know, we were talking that it's really interesting that those two are opening up their uh, league play against one another. Generally, it's the last series of the of the season, and you know, those two teams generally at the top of that league. Well, Jack, really appreciate you coming on again and sharing some insights there on the San Diego Swing, and you know, have a good time this week, and and we'll look forward to catching up with you again, uh, and look forward to reading uh, all of your breakdown on all these players on PrepBaseballReport.com/slash/California where you can find uh, Jack San Diego Swing. It'll be up today, uh, and along with detailed notes and video on all the players you discussed and several others. So, Jack, thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll look forward to chatting you with you again real soon. No problem. Thanks for having me, Les.